what is happening everybody this is the republic of gaming podcast and this is a very special one we have today we're live at the epic conference in griffiths college in dublin and i just want to ask everyone seamus paddy jack and we have got una ming here as well myself as ronald fox what are you uh, how are you finding the conference people <laughs> uh, it's fantastic uh, it's, the numbers are doubled since last year
He's, uh, you know, it, it's amazing how retro can, you know, pass through generations and still be passed on to the kids of today. And I think we were talking about about it earlier on in the panel, where why, like, how would it ever die off? And I personally don't think it will because when you see parents handing down to their kids the, the games that they played and the kids enjoying them just as much, I think it, it speaks volumes for, for retro gaming in general. I just don't think it's hard to get the kids into it as soon as the kids get a shot at and they love it. Yeah. The simplicity of the games they are getting their legs up hard they are jumping around. I think they love it. The sights go and get I think it's a bit different now as well, like, because parents now, like, our generation, so we buy games for ourselves and our kids are going to play now. When we were growing up, like, our parents had no interest in it whatsoever, like, you know what I mean? You, you were hogging the TV on them and stuff, they couldn't watch Fair City, like. My father said, well, that's going to break the TV. Yeah. It's paid for the TV. Yeah. <laughs> well, my father was a big crash fan. Massive crash fan. I still remember one night when I went to bed, I think I'd only been the second boss of Crash 3. Came down the next morning, he was like the vortex. <laughs> Yeah, everyone seems to have. Everyone seems to have. One a story. save at a time, buddy. One save at a time. <laughs> everyone has a story. My brother does it all the time. All the games. I buy a game. He shares the basics with me. He beats it first. Is that not yeah, yeah, yeah. proven that you're really bad at games? <laughs> I just don't have time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did they complete more than you? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I complete more. <laughs> Completed, am I? Completed, mate. I am Fortney. I am Fortney. They're making a skin on have come along in the last 30 years and are still a staple in games. So like yeah. Zelda and Mario and Sonic, they're kind of holding the retro side of it and the current side of consoles. Yeah. So everything we grew up playing, like if you're talking about them, they're still bad. Now like that 10 year old kid you're talking about, he knows some trivia about Sonic. Like, I know, yeah, he was asking me about like... I'm like, yeah, no, I... What? <laughs> You're afraid to answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's getting very antsy. You couldn't answer any questions in case you were wrong and corrected you. Like. What is the crash game by Eddie Quinn Cooper? The Cosplayers, the awesome Yeah, <laughs> 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 
Well, I will. I'll be honest with you here. It actually holds up very well. I've heard that. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculously well. I mean, when you go out into high rule field, I got that one wrong the last time. But when you go out into that field and you can see the sun setting, yeah. the moon coming up, it's it's still revolutionary now. Like you can see in in games, even the new Breath of the Wild is very similar in style and. The mechanics used, like I mean, the fighting mechanics are are okay in Ocarina of Time, but they're advanced in a way that they still pay homage to the original. They've game. been polished. Yeah, they were polished up, but they're very similar, and I, I like that. And I think it shows. I mean, I hate bringing this up when Luna Ming is here, but Dark Souls is. Dark Souls counter takes a lot of influence from Zelda. I, oh, I yeah, believe uh, with with the lock-on system and, and a lot of other a lot of other aspects. But no, that's a, that's a, the, the great thing about retro gaming. It, the artwork is The artwork. You just go back to it. You can see some, even some new, see new art off older games and it's like, people are still getting... Nostalgia? Not nostalgia too, but... You can be in awe of any artwork from yeah. any game. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think if you don't like the game, you can still appreciate the effort that goes in behind it. It's kind of against type. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think the cartoon the artwork was the last one. We always talk about the PS1 era that yeah. was bringing in a lot more, just a lot more on screen, and I think it, it kind of destroyed it. The yeah, they were trying to, and it, it had to be done to get to where yeah, we are. Yeah, But the simplicity, the simplicity of yeah. the old school games. Let's say if you put on N64, it doesn't feel that different from the newer games today. Do you know? Yeah, yeah. You can see that, so it doesn't feel like you're playing an old game. Yeah, Whereas agree. you put a PlayStation One game on. Yeah, it looks grainy as hell. <laughs> Unless it's Rayman. Rayman is fantastic. Very true. Um, so, any, anything else that makes retro just timeless? I mean, we, we've touched conferences. On yeah. yeah, well, here you go. Like, this, is the, this is the first retro conference in Ireland. And it's showing the, the people that are coming here and enjoying it, bringing their kids. And like, it's the likes of fathers like ourselves or mothers are bringing their children, children day to day. Uh, it shows, it shows with this there is a market for it, it shows there's a place for it. It shows that we care as well exactly. as the past. And it gives the promise to the past that students have done it. I always say that in, like, in this generation we have we break games that are using that retro style. I, I said it earlier on. The likes of, the, the, yeah, exactly. Indie developers are really taking that old school style and bringing it modern day. Um, use Broforce is because the, the level of detail in the graphics, it, it's, it's pixelated, but they have the, the blood splats that go across the screen that you wouldn't really get in a, in a retro game of, of, uh, of yesteryear. So. Um, but no, I, I think we're in a great, we're in a great um, time where we do have retro in the, in the modern day. We have you know, old games, but we have new games using that retro style, and I, I think that's super important for the scene. I think with the likes of the indie developers, they kind of put gameplay and story above all. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. not like they're trying to push a franchise, they want to make something that people are going to remember. Yeah. And like, when you look at us, we kind of talk about all our games, it's all the stuff we remember. So yeah. they kind of want the kids they should be around now to have something that's nostalgic to them later on. No one's going to remember Modern Warfare or Black Ops 2 you or anything like that. Yeah, there was Call of Duty. Nuketown. Yeah, Nuketown, exactly. Yeah. But you're not going to remember, oh, that, that 
missions from that game I or anything that. Like, story like, the only game in, in any kind of first person shooter that I can actually remember the story is Medal of Honor Frontline. When you come in on the dock yeah, at the yeah, start, that was amazing. and that was class. That's why that new college is a good moment. You were saying most people would only remember a good game. One thing I want to say that has a very toxic fan base, but it was very good was Undertale. It has the older 8-bit style, yeah. it was a phenomenal game. Yeah. And people remember it because it was a good game, but they'll also remember it because of its fan base. Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, you mentioned a game last week as well, Shovel Knight. I think Shovel you have Knight. to really put that nearly at the top three games. Oh, that is just plain. Never played it before this year. A friend of mine brought it over on a Switch, and I said, "You know, what? I've heard about things. Don't give it a shot." Yeah. I fed it up instantly. The great, I think, the reason why people don't give it a go at first time is they see the graphics and they think, "Oh, it's one of those games." But when you actually start playing Shovel Knight, you see that there's so much depth yeah. there, and the, the mechanics are just next to none. Like they're so smooth. And, Touch, I will say that was in it that I noticed that as you're going through the game, you're trying to get to the final tower. Yeah. And throughout the game, you see the tower at the back of every level, but yeah, it gets yeah, bigger yeah. and bigger as you go through the levels. So it's just so if you're finishing your story while getting close. It makes you feel like you're on that adventure. Um, I love Shovel Knight. I think it's, it is one of the games of the generation. And the fact that it was, it was so well received really shows again how popular retro game it is. It really does. Um, so if, if you want to move on to the topic of the show, and that is the past, present and future of games and the gaming industry. And basically I want to really talk about Maybe we've, we've touched on a lot of the topics so far, but maybe where do you guys see retro gaming in, let's say, 10 years from now? Paddy? Um, I'd say that collectors are going to keep the retro scene Star Wars rights to make a game and they thought there was not going to be enough market 
to release that game. So they shut that studio down, and a lot of people kind of went against EA on that on, on that uh, that comment. But look, it's it's EA shooters has to focus. Yeah, but it's easy to see that single players are here to stay. When you release a game like Seamus said, God of War, and it gets 10, to 10, 10 out of 10 across the board, you don't get a 10 out of 10 game with a, with a multiplayer game. Definitely not. There's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of main, it's aimed at the mainstream. People are just, as you would call it, take away game or what do you call it? Uh, junk food gaming. Junk food gaming, that's the way. I tend to be glad I got that one. Take away gaming. What else do you want? Yeah, that's a good one, yeah. We call we call junk food gaming gaming like um, games that like Destiny and Diablo games that you can just stick on, leave your brain at the front door and just yeah, that's just play. You could you could put maybe Fortnite into that as well, but Fortnite is a little bit more skilled. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a really interesting jacket. I have to agree with Paddy here. It's a case of you see so much stuff here, and it's in immaculate condition. That's all we've got to be kept for years. But again, we're already going into the digital age in this present. Like there is games being released physically, but a lot of them are being released. There's a lot of games you can't get physically. You have to get digital. And when they do get released physically, their prices are ridiculous. So as Patty said, in the future it will all go digital. But anybody who's going to play physical now will keep the physical. And that's exactly what that's what I hope anyway, because I've got a couple of games at home. Yeah, but I think anyone that is buying physical in this day and age is a collector or, or yeah. does want that physical, you know, the feeling of going in and buying something in the store. Personally, I'm, I'm going digital, but I, I wouldn't even mind buying a retro game digital, if you get me. And I think that also opens up um, the preservation of, of video games, that we can get this game digitally. We don't have to go on to eBay and say, hunt down, you know, an old NES game. Exactly, yeah. 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 Like some expensive retro games and then that's hard to get hands on. Name a few expensive ones while we're here while we're on the topic. <laughs> Super it was a ghost box seventy five quid, which is it's pretty expensive for a retro game. Okay. And then you can go back to like if you go back to the ET box on the seventy five that game is absolutely <laughs> They have a couple of versions upstairs, look at it. Yeah, downstairs. downstairs. Right? Yeah, yeah, that'd be something perfect to have as a collector. Well, the collectors never like it. As long as you, everything has to be boxed. Yeah. You get something boxed, it doubles the value. It has to be good condition boxed, not yellow. If you want to know how to turn yellow, so hit me up. Okay, yeah, yeah. Paddy will do a YouTube video. Paddy will do a YouTube video. I'll show you how to do it. How do they turn yellow? How do they turn sunlight? They added something in for a fireproof. Right. And over time, it's sitting in the sun. Yeah, yeah. Turns yellow. And so. You don't want to let out the big secret live on the podcast, yeah. no? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a bit of science for you on the Republic of Games podcast. <laughs> See, retro's expensive. You look, you come back at PS, some PS2 games, they are ridiculously priced. PS2 yeah. games? Yeah. The biggest yeah. one being Ruben and Rose. That's a 150 euro. It's, it goes it's sealed. Oh, no, you know, you know Jack has sealed as a grant. Do you have it? Yes, I do. <laughs> nice. I managed to just work my way up the money to get it in true water sales, so I was like, yeah, no, I might pick up a copy of that, I'm a collector. My claim to the retro scene is I have every copy of Rad and Fall Oh, nice. That's, that's nice. impressive. That that's, my, very that's my claim to it. What about you? I just have loads of consoles. <laughs> <laughs> What's your most expensive console? Oh, actually, I don't even know if I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The PS4 Pro. Yeah. That's definitely the most expensive one. What consoles do you have? Name out a few. Uh, I have a Atari 
Atari 2600, uh, a Master System, a Mega Drive, N64, a handheld called the Game Com, uh, Game Boys, I have a Game Gear, I have... It's still working though. Which? Game Gear. I have to get the capacitors changed. Yeah. Yeah. Science. Yeah, yeah more science, science. more science. <laughs> <laughs> I have loads. I, I can't even. I wouldn't. I don't even know. There's definitely more than there's. Do you have them on display or do you? Oh, for the moment they're away. Let's go to IKEA and get some shelving and you know, <laughs> drill a few holes and put a few lights in and make it look nice. We all start to yellow then, you know. Deadly. Um, so, Paddy, do you want to name out maybe a few vendors and, and what they're kind of selling? We'll just kind of look around the room here if you want to. So the what are they beside us? Uh, so we got a t-shirt printing company. So a t-shirt printing company. Did they get a name Game, yet? No? Game Gear. Game Gear, okay. So Gamer got, Gear. Okay. Gamer Gear, sorry. Okay, we got Gamer Gear beside us. There's also Rewind Retro Replay over in the corner. Yeah, and they have a fantastic selection again. Do they have a Facebook or a... They do. It's Rewind.
Paddy's got to get them level somehow. We've got uh, the Gilded Nerds. They're here. They're Gilded Nerds, yes. Awesome. And the cosplay is over the border. The yeah. giant peak that you walk around there, it's kind of a tune in. The Gilded Museum is there. That's oh, really yeah, cool. The Gilded Museum is such a great addition. Nisho here was actually talking to me, I'm going to talk about the, the museum now, he was talking to me about these cartridges that were sent out before the game was released. Cartridges sent out? Yeah, yeah, but they have like, um, say Ocarina, Ocarina of Time, but it's a, it's a grey, it's a grey case. Oh, like it's a test expensive. board it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So, like, what sort of money are they? If you get the right one, like, I seen one last year. Oh, 
favorite con to